what's up everybody this is me a guy on a microphone it's all you need to know really let's keep it uh professional here um <laughs> welcome to a second look at wedding filmmakers podcast episode number nine and uh yeah episode nine trucking along i know other people have like 400 and um that's great, but man, nine to me feels like, uh, cool. Nine, not bad. Even if it's just me rambling, and, uh, maybe if, I hope I'm giving you some kind of, uh, enjoyment of, uh, you know, maybe your drives to a wedding, or maybe you deliver pizzas on the side, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> or you, you know, you listen to me while you're working out right now, getting sweaty. So, uh, so... Hey, sexy. How's it going? Sweaty guy or gal. Looking good. Keep it up. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, and I'm just going to rant like the mo- most of my other shows. Once again, this is not an educational show. If you get some sort of little piece of uh, information, that's wonderful, but never my goal. This is more hang. This is, I think I'll say it every show. I don't care. <laughs> it's maybe it justifies my ignorance to professional, to being professional. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's it. Because I look at these bigger dudes, you know, like Ray Roman or, um, what's the other, like Rob Adams or, you know, some of the bigger guys, they're awesome. And, um, I just don't feel like I'm, I'll ever be close to that. And maybe that's a good point to talk about is that, like, it's okay if you're <clears throat> if you're sitting at the $1,500 mark and you're happy, like, then you've won. You've, you've kicked ass in the world. You, you've done, you're doing what most people want to do is have their own business, no, no boss, making, you know, paying your bills. You know, but most people that are the eight thousand dollar wedding guys, they feel stuck at fifteen hundred. Like fifteen hundred, they're just like, "Oh man, I feel stuck." And uh, blah blah, and cool. Then start then kick ass some more. But I've kind of reached that mi- milestone or goal or end game, whatever it is, um, of twenty five hundred. When I my first goal in the first third year was 1500 and 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 you know maybe i got i've got low standards but 1500 was was so great to me i was just like oh my gosh dude i'm goofing around filming a wedding with the cameras that i already love that i'm already in love with and i get to edit video that i already love doing i mean what is there you know other than the random down times or you know having to deal with a little bit of some stressors or something this job is fun and awesome. And when I hit 1500, I was like, yes, I've made it. <laughs> Most people probably feel that way at 4,000. 4, but I've now, for the past two years-ish, hit 2,500. And I feel like I'm capped out at that. My biggest package is 3,000. And so I'm still booking for next year. And I hope someone will, will hit that. But I honestly don't foresee doing any more than that at all, ever. And I couldn't be happier at 2500 I really can't be. Like, 1500 was my goal. Um, 
I don't know if I've said before, but this isn't my full-time job. I don't have nine kids. I don't have a mortgage. I don't, I'm out of debt. You know, I don't have all these stressors that a lot of other people have. And, um, financially. So I live, I've, I've worked, you know, I've, I live frugal and budget well. And so I can make $1,500 in a wedding and I don't feel like I'm losing any money. The only time I'm ever lost money per se was if I had an assistant, but it wasn't losing money. It was, you know, sort of like an investment and he was my friend and I felt good to pay him. And, uh, so it was to pay a second shooter. I've paid a second shooter that's kind of just a pro that I hired maybe th- three times. Um, yeah, just maybe three times, different people, and I paid them a good rate, and, and that was great, but, man, it, it it hurt. At least when you're making my low level of two grand ish it, it's not fun paying someone 500 bucks, 600 bucks, you know, to uh, be a second shooter. So I always try to solo shoot. I, I solo 93% of my weddings. Um, and I like it that way. Maybe because I'm kind of stubborn and independent. And, you know, I like to work alone. And I don't, I'm not worried about what the other person's doing. It's not even so much worrying about what the other person is doing as much as I'm annoyed at what the other person is doing. <laughs> if I was completely honest, and these people are... I've had... I've run the gamut of second shooters, and this isn't some second shooter dig, but I've had anywhere from a a a, a, a quote unquote professional, highly paid, you know, highly qualified professional, you know, that I would pay six fifty or something in a day, and to literally my girlfriend helping me out for free <laughs> that that knows nothing about cameras. And I just needed someone. I was in a pinch or something. I was like, babe, come with me, please. Just act like you know what you're doing. And and, and I feel bad. I, I really do. I, I stuck her even in the in the in the in the bridesmaids um prep room by herself. I put the camera this is a rough story to tell, you know. I hate to tell this, it's kinda humbling, but uh yeah. For a paid gig, regular professional wedding, it's I was making twenty three hundred or whatever. And I'm stuck. I got screwed. My I think my second shooter bailed on me or something. Something happened. And my girlfriend was always sweet about it. She was always like, I'll be there for you if you need me. I know I don't know anything about cameras, so I'll be there for you. And I, she came with me, and it was it was so frustrating naturally. And she understood, and you know, and she I and I was gracious as much as possible, but. We got stuck in a prep scenario where I had to leave to go shoot the groomsmen. And I think it was even the bride that would that said, Hey, uh, your assistant, she can stay here with us. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so we hung out in the hallway. And I go, okay, babe, here's the deal. Give me the, give me your camera. And I'm, I'm, I'm going through all the menus on the camera, setting everything to auto. <laughs> like just literally everything's on auto you know, auto exposure, auto focus, auto, she, all I taught her was, here's the record button, and, and look at this thing, look at, watch when you turn this thing, it zooms, yay, look at it, look at it zooming, she's like, oh, cool, which way do I turn it to zoom, like, (laughs) like that level of, of amateur, I felt so bad sending her in, and, 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 
hey, we did it, but there's a lesson learned, I guess, too, to be like more prepared. And I do, I am more prepared if an emergency pops up as far as some people I can call. And I guess, I guess that comes with kind of just after six years of shooting, you know, you start to get a couple people that you kind of, you know, that are could be there for you. I have yet to actually call them on an emergency. But anyway, I didn't mean to go down that trail, but that is a funny memory where I sent her into the bride's room and every shot she got was horrible. I used it because it's just footage of her and her wedding and the bridesmaids laughing and but she was you know, obviously composition was all wacky. <laughs> I mean, stuff that's like funny. And she knows I she knows I joke with her about this. She even ad- admits, you know, of course it's of course she wouldn't know, you know, but it's it's funny. The the shots are funny, you know, like how bad they were. And it makes me at least proud of myself that I know not to do some of those things. I've learned a couple things. Anyway, sorry, long story, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a good storyteller, and that's funny how this show is turning out to be storytelling because I suck at storytelling. Anyway, I hope you've been good out there. It's August 23rd, and I'll be with you, I'll be honest with you. I freaking hate summers. Oh my god, I hate summers. People are usually like, love summers. They're like, yay, the sun's out, and let's bask in the sun. And, Nah, for me, I'm a vampire. I hate the sun in my eyes. I hate the heat. Like, anything above 65 degrees is torture. I, I hate it. I can't wait till fall. I'm I'm literally counting the days. Every day I even look on and see when the sun sets. I'm like, oh, today it sunsets at 8.13. Nice. You know, a couple days later I'm like, oh, the sun's setting at 8.07. That's awesome. Three, you know, four minutes closer. <laughs> and, uh... I just hate it, and I'm trying to get through my summer, and and um, September is going to be one of the busiest ever for me. It's like eight or nine weddings, and uh, it's going to be a rough one. But I'm hoping I can avoid 100 degree days. I have a wedding tomorrow, and it looks like it's going to be like 72 and cloudy, or partly cloudy. So I'm, I'm like so happy and I'm, I've already looked at next Sunday's wedding, you know, 10 ish or nine days away, whatever. And, um, it, it says it's 85 and sunny and I'm already, I'm already kind of dreading that. So anyway, I don't know. I honestly don't know how you guys in Arizona or Texas or the Caribbean do it or Florida or something. I don't know how you guys do it. Um, Sorry, I don't know what the weather's like in, you know, other places, but yeah, I don't know how you guys do it because I'm in the Pacific Northwest and it's fairly, like, can be cooler, but don't believe the hype about rain. In the summer, it doesn't rain once. It's literally four months of sun, straight sun. And, um, anyway, just calling, or calling. That's funny. You can tell I've been on too many phone calls with brides. Yeah, I'm just calling you guys to hope you're doing well on your <laughs> weddings. Um, and I have a couple things listed here. And working in the heat was one of them. I'll just check that off. Um, yeah, no, I recently had 
I've never had this done ever before, and I'll, I'll admit it fucks with your psychology. I I met a couple, you know, they emailed me, said they love my work, and they want to, you know, meet up. You know, they even kind of initiated the, the let's hang out, let's meet up thing. I'm like, cool. Like, that's cool. It can't get any better than that. Like, I love your work, and hey, let's hook up, you know, hang out at a coffee shop. That usually in and of itself is already a slam dunk right like i like you're you just kind of got to play nice guy and um give them the information and be professional and everything but you don't have to like sell them too hard um at all hang on let me make sure my battery's good okay because my battery was almost kind of dying when i started this (laughs) um sorry about that so yeah Couple calls me, says they love my work. Let's meet up, hang out. All right, we go downtown. We go to this cool hipster coffee shop. Oh, dude, we hang out, and I, and I'm really tired because I shot a wedding the day before. So I'm, you know how you get in those funky moods when you're tired, where you you sort of don't care anymore. You don't give as many f's, <laughs> and it's mainly just because you're tired. I kind of like that feeling. It's not like I like to be tired, but when you're in a funky, weird, tired mood. You, your anxiety just lessens, I guess, is all. You know, you 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 don't worry about the little things as much. And I was like mega tired. So, you know, I was honestly proud of myself because I do get anxious about meetings. And sometimes I really choke, you know. Sometimes I really get inside my own head and I don't really talk right. And, and it hasn't really affected me too much. But it, it sort of, I mean, it affects me. But I don't think it's affected my 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 selling of wedding videos but anyway hang out with this couple for two hours at the coffee shop we get along great and all of a sudden at the end the girl was really what's the word she was just really you know she was writing down literally every number she's like okay if i do this if i get uh, 4k how much is 4k okay if i do a drone how much is drone okay and then so how much did you say this package was or something you know she's writing it all down so she's just detail oriented i guess is all i'm trying to say but at the end she flips the page of a little notepad at the end of our cool two-hour hangout session and she has all these arbitrary questions for me <laughs> all these completely irrelevant silly nonsensical just the most just futile questions um and i'm like amazed and and stupid stuff like what's your favorite movie you know um what's your favorite band and and once they start asking me these questions she's got it all written down and she's writing my answers down even (laughs) i was like everything turned into wonderfully great into weirdly um strange and annoying like i was so annoyed that she was asking me and it's not about asking me like hey so what are you into what kind of, what kind of hobbies are you into you know like just getting to know someone like chit chat like no this i was on a test i was um i was I, I was winning or losing some kind of test here and i and i was clearly losing like i like i would answer the question about her what's your favorite movie thing and i i just would say i forgot what i said the Stephen Hawking movie, Hawking movie, everything, something, everything. See, I'm just bad with movies and movie titles. 
um, the theory of everything, I think it's called. I just liked the cinematography and stuff. And they were just like, okay. And they just had this look on their face like, not the right answer. And so what's your favorite band? And I was kind of just rant, you know, throwing out some bands or genres that I like and stuff. And I think they might have liked it. Anyway, I just I noticed all of a sudden, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but maybe the age, I, I don't know if it's an age thing, like ageism felt like it was for the first time in my life I felt some aspect of ageism because I'm old I'm I'm 43 freaking years old so yeah I'm not 22 and these guys were 22 hipsters you know whatever they just like were all decked out on their hipster gear which is fine I've been into punk rock my whole life like I get it like but this one felt all of a sudden I'm being kind of judged and Curtis I felt like they were just being critical with all these questions and I I left really baffled because I was so excited about the two hours we spent hanging out talking about the weddings talking about them talking about just my packages and prices no worries felt none of it felt strange until until their shit tests came and so I felt strange about it but I didn't think but I did still have the confidence I'd get the wedding. I was still like, oh, whatever. They're just kind of, they just want to know about me, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with getting to know about me, too. Like, yeah, we want to get to know the couples, but if they're asking me fun questions, hey, that's cool, too. We're, you know, we're getting to be on a, a friendship basis, you know, ish. But what happened in the end was I got ghosted. I got ghosted hard. I've never been ghosted, ever. And, and I don't like that word ghosted. I hate how that's becoming a word, but I was ignored. I, I They didn't, I, I sent an email the same day or the next day. Um, and I think it was just a quote. I think I was just sending her like my proposal. Just, hey, check it out. Check, you know, see what you look. It's what we talked about, the packages and what you're looking at. Um, you know, take a, take a look, think it over. If you, you know, have ideas or whatever if you or if you like it I'll send the contract over blah 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 but nothing no reply at all and so a week goes by and I'm like no problem she's probably busy I definitely give the benefit of the doubt on the first week second week rolls by I'm like annoyed I'm like why did you wait two weeks come on like I get even one week two weeks starts to become like I don't care how busy you are you could be a, a a doctor in the ER. It could be an ER doctor. You have time to send an email back, especially when it comes to your wedding. Um, anyway, I send them an email, maybe two, like my second email after the, our meeting, two and a half weeks later, maybe. And I just, I do that thing. And it was, I, I hated myself even doing it. Cause I never have to do that. And I, I didn't care. Whatever. I'm humble enough to do it, but I was also annoyed. And I send them an email. Hey, just checking in seeing what you're up to, um, seeing how the things are coming along with the wedding plans. If you have any questions or anything, let me know, you know, how's it coming or whatever. Nothing, nothing at all. And that was three months ago. I mean, enough time to where it's obvious. Like I might get surprised and she might be like, Hey, oh my gosh, it's totally like crazy. We we went backpacking in Europe and it was like wild and 
you know, <laughs> I couldn't email. I, okay, I guess maybe, but at the same time, I've already sort of written you off. I, I, I might, I might not be interested in you anymore, actually, because of this. I mean, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. I don't care what's going on in your life. You don't wait three and a half months to. So, I, honestly, at this point, I'm just all I'm saying is I. There's no excuse really at all that would justify three and a half months of ignoring me after our meeting. Um, but obviously the probability is they just didn't want, they didn't go with me. They didn't like me or or they chose someone else, maybe cheaper or better or something. There's something they like about, or maybe another videographer passed their shit test, you know, passed their, what's your favorite movie test? You know, what's your favorite band test? You know, they were somebody, somebody else was cooler than me. (laughs) I don't know if that, yeah, you know what? I do know that's got to have something to do with it. There's a reason why they ask these, those questions. So, so it was really weird. It was really, really, really weird. Yeah. Hopefully you get, hopefully, hopefully you guys don't get ignored like that. Cause dude, it was just annoying, and I, you know, it's just still screws with me. Where I'm just like, dude, why would you ignore me? Like that kind of, it just hurts my feelings, you know. Of course, it would hurt someone's feelings, and I'd never do that to them. So it's kind of annoying, and but I, I know that sending a third email is just desperation. You know, it's just kind of pathetic, <laughs> and I'm not desperate for the cash, right? Like I, I don't need it. If I was desperate, I'd say, hey. Just checking in once again. If you want me to give you a discount, I will. Like, you know, I, I, I get stuff like that in your first year, whatever. But I'm in my sixth year. I could care less about fighting for the jobs, which is a sweet place to be. And ever since I hit 1,500, I, I've been kind of, I don't know why I, just, I do that, but I just feel great. I don't feel like I have to take every wedding. I They come to me. I can start to you know, ask them questions and it's more me interviewing them or an even balance of the, of both. But before it was always just like, well, I I can do this. If you have money, okay, I'll take it. I didn't even care who it was. And I ended up in situations I didn't like, you know, I was, I would film some Russian wedding or something that I, that was in Russian all day long, a hundred percent of the day. And I'm, I'm like, how am I supposed to make a highlight out of this? I, I can't, you know, so I'd just make some cheesy music video and you know, but 1500 was always my kind of sweet spot of like, okay, I made it. I'm good. I'm solid. I don't have to like be so desperate or weird about it. Um, but now it's kind of 2,500 is kind of my mark. Um, and that's it. So enough about that. Um, I'm just rambling some more, I guess I got uh, six things listed here, but I'll, I'll cut it short because I don't know. I feel like, uh, weird I'm talking on the mic still still have yet to get comfortable with this um and I'm tired yeah so there um people emphasize and I'm going to the river today yeah so going rafting down the river so gonna be fun I'm gonna try it stoned so I've never done that before <laughs> so it'll either be really cool and I'll be like whoa trippy waves man or I'm gonna be like pure anxiety like oh oh oh, i just want to lay down on a rock and just not move (laughs) so we'll see and by the way yes it's legal in my state and i never have done it illegally uh who cares whatever okay so 
Uh, another thing I have listed here, let's let's just read it together, shall we? Yes. People emphasize the speeches too much by bringing lights and having a whole setup. If good speeches make or break your video, you're focusing on one thing way too much. And I think that's true. I don't understand, like, I don't, uh, it, it's a struggle with me. For one thing is because my summers are so sunny and most of them are outdoors, there's simply no need to bring lights. You, you really, you just, I mean, it's, it's people standing outside in the sun or the sunset and it's perfect lighting. There, there's just zero reason to have a light set up. I would say 85% of my weddings. It's more when it starts to turn into like late September, October, when it starts to get dark early, you can I can bring lights. Um, but this advice people give, it just irks me that they go, if there's one thing you want, you can do to improve your wedding films, it's to light your toasts and to make sure the toasts are amazing and the toasts are the backbone of the entire day. And just you, you, you light the shit out of your speeches, and like, yeah, cool, go ahead, put a light on the the guy, the people, like, but the 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 insane emphasis on that being, you know, the make it or break it moment of your entire wedding film is absurd. I mean, if you can't just shoot speeches with a good sharp or sharp with a fast lens and maybe a good low light camera, decent, you know, a good Sony or whatever. Yeah. Like it looks better to light it, but it's not, I mean, if you, <laughs> I find it baffling that people bring so much gear and lights and they, 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 they literally could bring mic stands, their own mic stands and their own microphone. And they coordinate with the DJ and be like, hey, can we use my microphone? And because I need to have control of this whole thing here. And, I you know, I, I put gaff tape on an X on the floor. And I, I go and I tell every toaster to stand on that X and don't move. And I have lights set up there. Um, uh, I, I get doing a great job, but I don't understand why that is something people always talk about about making your wedding films just amazing and it's just kind of weird because majority of the time you're fine with a fast lens and you kind of bump your iso up a little bit big deal um you know if 99 percent of the rest of your wedding video which doesn't show those speeches is amazing and great you know, people aren't really going to care about four seconds of someone's face that isn't, doesn't have perfect backlighting and your perfect key light, you know, on their toast. And so I don't know. I'm I'm just talking, you know, just venting. Um, but it's stupid. I think it's stupid to put so much emphasis on this the lighting of your toasts. Like if you can't do it or you don't want to do it or you you live in a place like me where it's sunny and you know it's going to be plenty of sun or sunlight because it doesn't get dark until 9.45. Like, I don't even bring lights anymore unless, like, I have three October weddings, and I'll bring lights for those. Yep, no problem. Light them up. But my Sept my August weddings, my September weddings, I'm, I'm not going to bring any of them. 
Um, the only time I would bring them in is if it was like kind of like in a hotel downtown. You know, like, hey, we're going to be inside this hotel, you know, in the city. Clearly, it's going to be like shit house lighting and like, yeah, I'll bring lights. That's cool. But, I mean, if we were honest, what is it? One one percent of your wedding film is, is the toasts, is actually video footage of the speaker speaking in their toast. Not even one percent because a video could have 300 clips. So, you know, point. The 0.3% of your video is the toast giver. And yet you're bringing all these lights and all this gear and all this crap to, to, to improve 0.3% of your film. It doesn't make any sense. Um, well, it makes sense. It's just that I'm... Okay, so another part of that is me going into my minimalism aspect. And, and so there's that. <laughs> I love that I'm I'm being really minimalistic with my gear. My back loves me for it. I'm actually more efficient. Um, so I kind of it's kind of another reason why I would, wouldn't bring lights. Anyway, little piece of advice there that just don't stress it so much. And I don't I just kind of amazed and I and I know I'm not a large company like some other companies out there, but. I am amazed that some people spend, you know, three grand, four grand on a on a light kit, and just just for literally 0.3 percent of a wedding film, like it's crazy. And and I know they might light up the cake or the flowers, and you know, for some detail shots, they use some lights. But in general, that's all you're using your lights for. <laughs> um, I'm gonna tell one more story, and then I'm gonna go. I got stuff to do, but let's see. I'm going to tell two more stories or just say two more things. Uh, I'm going to end on a good note. How about that? Let's do that. Mr. Depressive. Well, they're both not negative. So um, tell the story of a super, the superstitious photographer that got weird about her lens. <laughs> Um, so just real quick, cause man, I'm not good at storytelling. I got to stop the storytelling. Um, so I was filming a wedding and I go to a girl, I go to the second shooter. She's clearly the second shooter. She has shorts on like flowery shorts, like ugly tourist shorts and a black fanny pack. Like just put that, imagine that in your mind. <laughs> it, it was like, I mean, I, I'm not the most fashionable dude in the world, but I couldn't believe how bad she looked. My girlfriend was actually at this wedding. This was one of the few ones my girlfriend came with me to help. Uh, she just came for the ceremony and the toast, and that's it. But I, I anyway, she was laughing too, like how bad she looked. <laughs> um, anyway, that's not part of the story, but I'm in prep with her, and. I say something to her about her lens. Just some benign, neutral question. Forget what it was. I mean, just the most harmless question ever. I just go, hey, is that, you got a 35 on there or a 50 or what you got? Or something like that. And I hate to, not, I'd hate to not, that I don't have to, I don't remember too much of those details for you, but. She goes, why should I have like a, or no, she goes, what do you have? She goes, I got 
a 35. Why? What do you have? I go, oh, I got an 85. She goes, well, should I have an 85? Wait, are you saying I should have an 85 too? I go, no, I was just talking. And she goes, she's like, starts freaking out and getting superstitious. She's like, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't be shooting 35 all day today. She goes, and then she literally, she literally blamed me for cursing her, 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 her aura or her vibe or her, her karma or whatever, the, whatever hippie shit she believed in. Cause she goes like, you look, she, she got flustered with me that she was like, she's like, I can't believe this. Like you kind of screwed up my whole day now because now I don't know if, which lens I'm like the 35 is now, I can't use the 35 now. Now the 35 is cursed. Like she was the most superstitious person I've ever met in my entire life. And like at dinner, we were sitting together talking and I'm just being friendly. But in my head, I'm laughing, dude, at how the craziness type of stuff she talked about. Um, You know, and it's it's fine if she's got a mental illness. Of course, I... I can't be more empathetic. Shit, I got severe depression, OCD, like, anxiety. I mean, I'm not, it's not about criticizing the workings of her brain. It was criticizing her thoughts of the world um, in a sense of being superstitious and just credulous to everything. Like, you could tell she she's she's bought into every single philosophy of 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 silliness that exists because all day she talked weird but it was so weird though that she blamed me and that i somehow cursed her lens and that she couldn't use her lens now and she had to switch to her 50 millimeter or something like that because i of what i said and i felt really bad and i but i was also annoyed and i was also humored by it because i was like are you kidding me You, you gotta be kidding I I was just asking what you know why what do you use your thirty five millimeter for or whatever I forget what the question was but total harmless anyway <laughs> I'm sure you guys have crazy weird stories to some degree like that but I never I never thought anybody would be that weird about stuff but she she literally thought I cursed her lens and I couldn't and so she couldn't use her thirty five all day anymore crazy. But it was like at that point I realized there's more going on with her than just an average, you know, it's just like, you know, it, you just get to a certain point where you're more empathetic than you are annoyed because it's like, oh, well, it's, it's kind of maybe something more going on with her. So you just kind of let it go. But interesting story nonetheless. Um... Uh, I'm gonna keep talking about vendors and the sense that the their uselessness, and I know there's, <laughs> I know that could be controversial, but they are not your friends. They don't help you. They don't ever help you. Don't be best friends with every vendor you see. Don't suck up to them like to a pathetic degree it's pointless endeavor it's a futile endeavor to even bother 
doing anything any more than just saying, hi, hello, have a nice day, hey, okay. And then if you need to talk about details of the wedding, sure. But this thing where there's a lot of other groups in Facebook or there's other podcasts or whatever, I've, I don't know, different places I've heard, they just go on about this. Just, it's so, it's, I can't tell you enough about the importance of becoming, having great relationships with your vendors and just a great, wonderful community you get involved in. And I've, I've yet to see a community of any kind. I really do. Even other videographers that I shoot for in the large city that I live in that you know we get along great but i we have yet to all hang out and get a cup of coffee like we just do business but the photographer the dj the planner whatever all these people you you, you see them you get along great but you i you have yet i have yet to get one wedding from a planner i have yet to get one wedding from a photographer i have yet to get one wedding from a dj which i know probably not I'm just adding to the list, right? Like, and I am like super insanely nice. I mean, like insanely nice with people. But I've I've put my expectations to a, a certain level with that regarding, you know. And f- it it feels selfish anyway to be like I'm gonna be super nice to these people because they might get me weddings. You know, that's like a not a genuine relationship anyway, right? A genuine relationship would be. To, to start the relationship off under the assumption that you're not going to get me shit. Like, you're not going to get me dick, ever. So, let's just be friends for the sake of being friendly. And friends. That's a better start to me than it is, Hey, how you doing? Oh, it's so great. Oh, great. What's your Instagram? Oh, you're so good. You're such a good... Oh, maybe we can work together someday. Okay, great. Maybe you can refer me. It's all... BS. All of it is horseshit. And I hate to... You know. Anyway. Just kind of throwing that out there. It really is. Just put it to into a little box of... Something may come out of this. Something may not. But don't over... You know, don't over cheese dick yourself on this with these people. Because... For one, it's just cringy for you to kind of be too schmoozy with them. And two, I've never in six years had it. I've never, never, not once. No planners love me, that refer me. No photographers love me. And it's not me. I'm not the problem. I know people that would, that get that a lot, say that might say that. But I do think it might be market specific. If you have like a real southern you know, state you might live in, Oklahoma or, you know, something where things are more uh, community-based or have that feeling and you guys kind of, there's just like a different mentality behind that. It, it is a lot different than it is on other states that are, they just are a little bit different and they don't care as much or they just, it's not their thing. That's not how they get their weddings, like me. Um, I'm friends with photographers and like we get along and follow each other or whatever, but that's just not what happens in my market. So that's a big part of it too. So just kind of, you know, feel out your market. But all I know is the, the referral 
the referral system with other vendors is useless and futile. That's all I'll say. And I'll end, the, I'll end it on a better note. Didn't mean to throw that out there, but... Um, what was I going to say? Just a real quick one, and then I'll be done. <laughs> I'll be out of your hair. Um, oh, I just wanted to say that video... And I think it's why I fell in love with it, obviously, because I like being creative and editing emotional films and shooting video and all that. But a bonus to starting to do wedding videos, to me, was the fact that I noticed on the day of the wedding, you really are the least stressed out vendor of the day. Like, you see the planner, the flower people, the cake people, the DJ... Even the photographer, uh, they're running around like they're just insane. Like they're just insanely stressed and they're working hard and I'm working hard too. But I feel like wedding videographers are a little bit exempt or immune to the stressors of a wedding day. Because some people like the DJ... Their performance is based on the wedding day. They had, they need to play that perfect song perfectly at the perfect time. You know, the photographer needs to do the family photo session at the in a efficient manner and a respectful, loving manner without you know stepping on toes. You know, there's there's day of work that you really need to do that that videographers are oblivious to. Are not oblivious to sorry wrong word um they're immune to it they don't because you're capturing everything that's happening and let's say you even have a camera that goes down and goes bad or your shot went bad you your battery died you you know let's say your battery died the second the first kiss happens at the ceremony nobody knows that you didn't grab that footage the second it happened everything goes on as if everything is just fine <laughs> so no matter how many train wrecks you have the day of you you are the only person that knows what's happening to your gear and your performance and it's real easy to hide you know if you if you're off having a bad day or oh this went bad or that shot sucked or whatever it is random failures that you might do um Oh, I forgot to turn on, you know, the the lot this lav mic. I forgot to actually record it. Nobody knows these things at all. And then you can do a whole lot of post-production work to kind of cover your butt to, to where they don't even realize that you did that in the first place. You know, the the cake people, you know, they make the cake an ugly pink and it's supposed to be white. Like everyone knows it and everyone is like, "What the hell?" Or the DJ, you know, feeds his mic starts feeding back in the middle of a toast. Like every every eye is on the DJ. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm ending this wonderful episode nine podcast on a positive note, and how it really is nice to be, at least for me, I guess, video being the least stressful vendor job at a wedding. I do believe that it's great. You can do whatever it is you're doing, and it, yeah, it's a lot of work, a lot of stress, in a, in a, in an internal sense. I gotta get this, I gotta get that shot. Oh, oh. But any mistakes, anything you do wrong or bad, other than set a tripod in the middle of something and grandma falls over it, like that's on you. But that 
that's so rare. I mean, it's never happened to me ever. So, I mean, anyway, anyway, that's it. And, um, just ending on a positive note that, yeah, we, we, we're kind of like, we can hide ourselves from any accidents that do happen because nobody knows it. Only we know it. And it's just, so that's a wonderful thing. And I, and I, and I really did grow to love that about being a videographer at weddings and, and one of the vendors that's like, okay, if anything bad happens here, nobody knows it except for me, nobody. <laughs> and I can fix it. You know, a majority of the time, whatever went shitty, you, you instantly know you're like, I can fix that in post. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it now. Just keep going. Whatever happened, just fix it and go. I can know I can fix it later, you know, or find some way to, you know, make it look like that never happened if whatever it would be you know whatever a hundred things that it would could be that go wrong on a wedding day anyway yeah so it's a great thing i'm having fun i'll be honest i'm I'm more excited about the summer ending than i am about weddings stress because this year is kind of a low stress year which is great i don't know why just i'm not sweating stuff as much um i'd like to think that that's because i have a a good system planned out now but it could just be you know random like the weddings are going smoothly and stuff this year but I, I couldn't be more excited for fall to come i'm count i'm literally counting the days it's less than a month before fall starts and not so much getting rid of summer as much as looking forward to fall because fall is my favorite season so to me i'm going from my work the my least favorite season summer i mean i truly hate it and I know I'm, I'm the odd, odd man out on that, but I go from the worst season for me, season I most hate, to the season that I most love, and it's fall. I just, I truly love fall. I have all these, tra- I have plans to travel, you know, somewhere in between the weddings, um, but October is only two weddings, three, I think, and, you know, so soon after my early October weddings, I'm kind of done for the year, so... Man, I just couldn't look forward to the fall more. So I hope you guys are having um, a less bad um, year than me. And then <laughs> um, everything's uh, cooking along. And I hope you're having fun hanging out with me just shooting the shit. Um, I know my podcast is different than others, but maybe some of you appreciate it for what it is. Um, and if you like it, you know, leave a review on iTunes uh, if you like, or send me an email if you want. Um, secondlookpodcast at gmail.com. And um, that's about it. Uh, thanks again. Appreciate, appreciate your time. And uh, have a good day and summer. I'll see you on episode 10. Alrighty. Catch you guys later. Take care. Bye. Walls and mountains divide